Yeah, and the whole yeah, North could be around 500. This so. is this is yeah, probably like the most probably. excited I've been for the NFC North in a if long everyone time. Everyone sucks, so the Bears have a chance. Is that why? <laughs> yeah. No, because yeah. the Packers don't have down. a dominant QB. <laughs> yeah. The sad news is, if he's average, he's still better than any QB you guys will ever have. That is not true at all. <laughs> no, Justin not Fields true is a star. At all. <laughs> Justin Fields has already proved himself last year <laughs> as a running back. You can't say he's not a good QB. He's a great running back. I will give him he's that. A, he's a great QB. If he can he's stay great. healthy, now that he he's has DJ Moore, back. nah. Great running back. You know who All else right, is next a great running back? Bears Packers debate. Who? Michael Vick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look! Look how good his career lasted. <laughs> Yeah, Justin, Justin, don't do dogs. Don't fights. buy dogs. Sorry. Don't buy dogs. Yeah. <laughs> A podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I am Jake from Gold Eagle, recording at Gold Eagle. I say she said uh, Jake at Gold Eagle instead of Jake from Gold Eagle. I don't know. I always say Jake from Gold Eagle. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, today we are spitting some hot takes. <laughs> what what's a hot take there, Jake? A hot take is an opinion that is controversial, Dan. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had one of those. <laughs> no, I I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, if you're a regular listener, you know that we love to argue on this podcast. So <laughs> yeah. we figured let's just throw it all out there and get it going. And this past week, we were also told by my dad that the the episodes that we're arguing are the by far the best episodes. So yeah, <laughs> if you agree with that, then you're in for a treat, probably. Yeah, um, and they are fun. They're, yeah, it's they're a lot fun. Of fun. Mm-hmm. Proven Dan wrong. Yeah, can't yeah. get better than that. So. Dan, I, I think the commenters a... have always gone with me. I don't know about that, actually. I, I, think I, Dan, the... I think Dan tells a couple buddies to comment on the, on the yeah. post, backing them up. You guys act like I have friends. That's, <laughs> the, that's the funny thing of all of that statement you just made. See, like, you're already even, wrong. Even Dan likes to roast Dan. <laughs> yeah. But the, the most support I ever saw you got was another anti Pritzker comment on YouTube. So <laughs> you know what? We've had like three comments, so a third of our comments. <laughs> All right, so you seem eager to, to go first, Dan. So why don't I, you go no, ahead? No, and... I don't think I should go first. No? Why don't, right. don't, don't we just why don't we just I don't want to spend we all say Let's say our okay. hot takes, and then we'll go around and debate and okay. back them up. All right, yeah. You can go first, Jake. All right. So my hot take, and I've said this for a couple of years, um, when a distillery puts out their coveted limited release bottle of the year and it's finished, um, they're trying to hide something or it's just not as good as uh, you know something that isn't finished. I think when it's... When it's like a Four Roses limited edition, everyone looks forward to that, you know, a lot because it's um, a blend of their best barrel proof bourbons, um, which I think the way it should be. But why would you put out your most coveted or, you know, so-called best bottle of the year 
and finish it? Like, what are you trying to hide there? Do you not have good enough whiskey to stand out on its own? Yeah, and then never have that limited release ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's a good I'm, one. Yeah. Jake, what about you? So I have two. Because um, one of them is going to actually spark an argument, and the other one is I just want to kind <laughs> of explain through. Uh, the first one that's going to cause an argument is I think Elijah Craig is the best hands-down bourbon across the board. My second hot take is that I think uh, the whiskey influencer community is unbelievably overrated. I actually don't have a problem with your first one because it, it plays into my hot take, <laughs> which is that you... almost... What? Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask Jake, though, is he talking about Elijah Craig's small batch or is he talking about the brand as a whole? The brand as a whole. Okay. Still, still kind of fits into my scenario. My hot take is that almost all bourbons that retail at over $70 are not a good value. That's a pretty good I, one, too. I have some, I have some, I did some, Jake, I was on your website today looking up prices, and then I had to go to a couple other websites Ooh. to find some other prices. Oh, my prices. God, you came with research? Jesus. Uh, no, it's actually good. <laughs> it's, you, you can, you probably saw, but you can filter on our website, like, and you just pull up all the bottles above 70. Mm-hmm. I did that. I did bottles below, and then I had mm-hmm. there were some that I wanted oh. to include in my in my dissertation. That's going to prove me a winner. Uh, All right, I, I had to do go some to other websites now to counter oh, Dan's argument. Yeah, typical <laughs> typical MBA person doing last second research. Jesus, things must grow on trees. <laughs> well, all right, Jake, you have two. Let's get into it. Let's go into your Elijah Craig. Let's... Yeah, so uh, I I think the Elijah Craig brand is the best whiskey brand available um, for a, for a couple reasons. One, the Elijah Craig small batch, which is what I'm drinking today is what well, I think the, and I, I think I ranked this before as my number one value bourbon at like 30, $35. Uh, it's excellent. The value is great. Tastes fantastic. Um, it's a reasonable proof. Um, but the, the rest of the lineup, the toasted, the, uh, barrel proof, the 18 year and single oh, barrel that 18 picks, years, that 18 year is so good. Right, Jake? It is. That's, that's the only one I, I don't agree with on the Elijah Craig, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the barrel proofs and the single barrels and the toasted are all absolutely incredible. That such good, um, special releases or, or barrel picks. Um, like I, I, to me, it's just an excellent brand value overall. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think Elijah Craig is a phenomenal brand. Um, the 18 year, I don't really care for at all. Um, and that's probably mostly because the 12 year barrel proof, I think is much better and it's half the price. Um, if not less than half the price. Uh, in the 18 years at what 90 proof? Yeah, yeah. So I just think you it's it's a great 90 proof bourbon, but for the price that you're paying, I would much rather have two bottles of the barrel proof 12 year. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, um, but yeah, if if Elijah Craig and Russell's, like if those two were to ever go on allocation, they would be sought after more than the Buffalo Trace, or about the same as the Buffalo Trace line. Yeah, for sure. 
I, I think the one in there I probably disagree most with that I don't that I like the least in their lineup is the toasted. Um, and I know we even at Gold Eagle we had a blind tasting once where I ended up enjoying a one toasted barrel way more than the other, and it was Basil Hayden toast over the uh, Elijah Craig toast. I don't have a lot. Like I think it is probably overall one of the like the the barrel proof stuff. Um, I think it's the the selections. I think is probably some of the and even the small batch is some of the best value that you get out of there. Um, I've I've again I use that to help prove my point. So I'm not going to fight you too hard on this. Uh, mainly because I'm using it in my thing. Damn it! I, I take it all back. I take it all back. Yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> see again, like. I went on a bigger hot take and it's falling into my hot take right now. So I'll, I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, there, there's some things I don't like about it. Is it my favorite, favorite label? Hmm. I, what I are think you talking you're going to get the, a, the Elijah Craig. Yeah. The Elijah Craig label. Is it my favorite label? I think you're going to get a lot of people that are going to throw the Weller label line out there. Um, yeah, but I they'd think... be wrong. <laughs> Perfect. Let's get the comments on that. Um, <laughs> I think you're going to get a lot of people that will also throw. Um... Oh shit! I just hit a blank. Um, uh, Weller and um... I, th- I don't. I, I think I. Well, I would throw Knob Creek. Um, I think we've established that I'm an Knob Creek guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah. probably would argue that. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I, I mean, I like the Weller stuff, but I don't think Weller's special reserve is is great. Um, you know what? Even another one, I, I would probably pick Knob Creek, but I would say 1792 would be a good challenger as well for a very yeah, similar. That's line. an interesting pick. Um, okay. I, I mean, they have a really good foolproof. They have a really good product. It's more expensive. Um, yeah. I'm going to say you're wrong, though, because of Knob Creek. So that's my hot take, is that you're wrong because of Knob Creek. <laughs> that's actually a decent argument, though. Knob Creek is pretty damn oh, good. Oh, look at you being so <laughs> soft. You would never make it on a hot take show. You, you got tr- to skip you're still wrong. this shit. You got to skip it. I'm just, I'm just giving you a little bit oh, of you know what? for I coming up with a write. decent argument. <laughs> No, I you exceeded I would my say, expectations and your ability to come up with a decent counterpoint. <laughs> it's it's like we always talk that we always know that I'm the best person, but yeah, you're always shocked by it. Like it's just <laughs> insane how much we have to talk about this. I <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna say you're wrong just because of Knob Creek. I think people that have Weller or 1792 would have valid valid arguments against you. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm not a fan wrong. of 1792. Like, there's something in it that I just don't care for. Um, I, yeah, I agree. It's like overly nutty. Yeah, I and I it's, can't it's kinda, place my finger it's on like, it, it's but like it, it's mu- some flavor. It's like musty there. and nutty. Like when you think of Jim Beam nuttiness, it's like a perfect, perfect amount because you get a lot of like oak and caramel and vanilla. Um, but when I drink 1792, all I taste is like a, a musty like nuttiness. Yeah, which I think the small batch is great for thirty <clears throat> bucks um, and for always being on the shelf. It's a great option. But um, like a lot of their, I don't know the whole, the overall flavor profile. Anything that comes from Barton, um, I just haven't been a huge fan of personally. Not that yeah. it's bad, but just not it's not my jam. Yeah, right. I'd I'd like to do a Elijah versus Knob Creek blind. 
and see see what comes out because that would actually so be a pretty good one. We've done. Um, I would I would like to do the small batches against each other and maybe another pick against the barrel proof. But we've done not mm -hmm. single barrels against the barrel proof. I'm pretty sure the the Elijah Craig took the cake, but it was very close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, Knob Creek. I was just gonna say Knob Creek can be kind of polarizing for some people. Some people just don't like that Jim Beam flavor profile. Um, yeah. But obviously, us and others love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. Yeah, you, you're wrong, but uh, yeah, uh, it's, get out it, of it's here. a good. It's a All good right, take. What's your argument? <laughs> My argument is Knob Creek is a better is better than what? Oh, than Elijah Craig. Oh, so you're telling Elijah him. Craig. All right, that's fine. Yeah. As long as you're not saying I'm wrong. No, no. I, All right. You're you're more on my thought train, train <laughs> yeah. of thought on this. So uh -huh. right, Dan, well, I'm a huge hear, I'm a huge Knob Creek shit. fan in general. So I I I I don't know. I mean, they're both great. Yeah. Right, let's hear your argument on uh, your your take, Dan. Yeah. So I, I obviously I'm always the one that causes the most controversy because I like being an asshole. Uh, which is fun. So when I thought about this, and, and I've changed quite a bit over the years, obviously part of it's because I've changed careers, but I've really paid a lot more attention to value lately. Mm -hmm. And as I go into liquor stores and see what's out there, and I've, I've talked about a, a lot of these things in the past where I thought they're overpriced. So I started thinking about that. And I'm thinking that most, I might not be thinking, I know that most, uh, most bourbons over $70 uh, retail are not a good value. And the reason I'm going to do is I just put a quick little list together because, yes, I did research because I'm not an idiot. If I'm going to put a bold claim out there, I want to back it up a little bit uh, like some other people on the podcast that are now trying to do research on their phone as we talk. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can well, see the guy over over there just down at his phone. You know that we we don't we don't prep. Dan sometimes preps for these podcasts. We like to come in and yeah, just he's put our nerd. real emotion and thoughts out on the line. You call me a nerd like I'm offended by that. Like I'm a total nerd. <laughs> like I have a spreadsheet right over here. So like that's not a problem. So when I look at brands, I'm going to go through and and go through my thought process. So one of the ones I think that is way, way, way overvalued or way too expensive is Blue Run. Um, and for an example, a Blue Run High Rye would be at around $90 retail. If I'm looking at a high rye bourbon, my favorite one I've I've not been uh, shy about is Pepper seventeen seventy six. That's thirty dollars, and that's a high rye bourbon. It's always Again. it's a great bourbon. Like <laughs> like if you sold it in your stores, it would have been on your table that had all the Buffalo Trace stuff. It'd be gone <laughs> in a heartbeat because everyone in the lessons was like, "I need a seventeen seventy six from Gold." Yeah, Eagle. but isn't the uh, Blue Run High Rye uh, high high proof? I don't know the proof on it, but it doesn't matter. It's still not. Even, no, I don't even, think so. I mean, so the blue run, I will agree with you on. I think they're highly overpriced. Yeah. So like, in it's, my mind for value, that's $90, or I can get three pepper 1776, or basically two pepper 1776 barrel proofs for the price of one blue run high ride for another high ride burp. Mm -hmm. So I have, I have two examples of why you're wrong. Okay. For almost the same price. $64 and $67 each. I can get a 1.75 liter of Knob Creek and a 1.75 liter of Elijah Craig. Hey, no. So you're How is that check. wrong? That's both under $70. I, 
and you I just think, oh, made fuck, my point right. for me. You just well, made my point no. for me. No, <laughs> I take it back. You can't take it back. You can't go. We also. I, th- I think we also need to refer to 750 milliliters. Yeah, yeah, 750 milliliter price. But okay. still, even that, so, he, just, he just proved my point. Count. Okay, so doesn't buy the count. bottles. It's like $5 more to buy the bottles. You're still under 70 bucks. So, uh, all right, so Jake's helping me prove my point. Um, <laughs> so I let will... me just say what I think on your point, Dan. I would agree with you if you bumped that price up a bit. If it was maybe like $120 or more, then most of those are not worth it just because there is so much in the under $100 range that's good. Um, but my favorite bottle at the moment is our Barrel Craft 9-year MGP single barrel, um, mm-hmm. and that's $110. And I, I would say that's worth it all day, every day. And there's a time and a place where I want to sit there with a pour and take 30 to 40 minutes to get through it just because the nose is so good. It's got such a long finish. And to me, that's worth it to spend extra on a bottle. Um, when you can enjoy the pour and the finish for much longer than what you would, you know, a twenty dollar bottle, thirty dollar bottle. All right, yeah, so not only I, I would, not I would put any of the, um, I would put yeah. any of the barrel bottles as a counter argument. Um, those yeah, are all around eighty, the, all the ninety dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The reason I've said almost all was I didn't put barrel on here because I really like barrel. Um, I think they do a great job blending, but they also blend a lot of old stuff which goes up in price. Like I don't have anything that's superly old aged on here. Um, I'm just doing this as more comparison. I also like, like some of the stuff I didn't throw on here. Like I'm not saying that the pappies and stuff aren't worth the retail price because they totally are. And they're all over a hundred bucks. But when I'm looking at my list of stuff that I see normally on a shelf uh, versus something that I can get that I like just as much, if not more for way cheaper, the next one would be lucky number seven or lucky seven usually goes for 80 bucks in that area where I put Elijah Craig for $30 against that. Kentucky Owl confiscated for $130. i am drinking Jack Bonded, and I'd rather have Jack Bonded for $30 because there's no I way. Agree. To... Okay, yeah. so you're proving my point. I mean, this I mean, one I mean, about uh, Fox and Odin is over 70 and that's an excellent I'm not a big bird. Fox and Odin guy. Um, I, th- I think it's I excellent, would... too, but I also think there's plenty of $50 bottles that are just as good. Um, that's still under 70 though. Yeah. No, that's what so I'm you're saying. you're still like, proving my th- point. No, I'm yeah. agreeing with you. I think the yeah. Fox and Odin is really good, but um, I think there's you know a lot of a lot of fifty, sixty dollar bottles that can stack right up with it. Um, yeah. So I mean, I'm like I'm I'm halfway on this one. I'm I'm halfway with you. Um, halfway not. I think if your price was like 110, 120, um, once you get above that price point, it's really it's kind of hard to justify just because there is so much out there, um, especially from the big distilleries who have twenty dollar bottles on the shelf that are great drinkers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's there's a time and a place for a really nice bottle that has a really nice low, nose, a really long finish, something that you can just sit there and enjoy for an hour um, just off of one ounce just because of how complex it is. Right. And but that, yes, and like, I, most are probably not worth it. Yeah, I, 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 that's why I said almost all because, yes, there are bottles over that price limit that I, that I do enjoy. But if I'm going into a – like if I'm walking into Gold Eagle today and looking at the shelves of everything you have on the shelves – the majority of the stuff you have on the shelves over $70 is not worth more than some of the stuff that's 30, 40, $50. There's not that much difference in value. See, yeah, that's my, I'm going to start man. attacking you from a different angle now. Yeah. Cause, cause your, your previous one worked out so well. It really your previous angle was worked out. All, so you're, well. all you're really saying is what we say in almost every episode that there's better value products out there. This isn't I even know. a hot take. 
So you but lose. I, I'm, I'm throwing a price limit on there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, now you're having to change your story. Because when I said this in the chat, you guys all started throwing shit and I said, save it for the podcast. And now you're having to change. Oh, well, now I don't think it's a good hot take, even though you wanted to fight me so bad on it. You come out here trying to fight me. And within three seconds, you prove my point of you flapping your damn jaw. It Jesus. really depends. It really depends on the bottle. And this debate could probably go all day. We could have five episodes just on this topic alone. Um, Cause I yeah. think, yeah. And, it, and it goes back to the blind tastings too. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to really say too much about this without tasting these bottles next to each other blind. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree with you that like most above 70 aren't, no, I, I actually don't agree with you. I'd say most above a hundred aren't worth it. Because you're 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 eliminating yeah, I, the entire barrel craft line, which I think are all amazing and worth the price. I didn't um, eliminate them. I said almost all. I didn't yeah, say that's... all bourbons above seventy. Well, I would like caveat your statement that that I'm right. Like nor- okay, thank no, you. I'll caveat with normal that. normal release whiskeys over seventy dollars are not typically worth it. Like no, special it's... releases, I think, um, in almost all now cases, we're jumping are, are into worth a whole another argument. But... No, because no, Jake, because Jake's wait, wait till Jake goes on his thing, and we're gonna have a completely separate argument. And I know all those bottles he are gonna talk about are expensive, and he doesn't like those, so he's proving my point as well. <laughs> so, like, both of your you were all ready to fight me, and both of your arguments are helping prove my point. Like that's all I'm saying. And and I, originally when I said it, I think I said excluding single barrels as well oh yeah why don't you bring that up yeah so at first i was going to say excluding single barrels but most single barrels that i've really enjoyed are under 70 dollars mine like so barrel i'm going to give an exception to but like a knob creek single barrel is under 70 dollars and one i just put that up against on my spreadsheet was hardens creek two years 80 dollars retail and any knob creek nine year barrel pick is set is under 70 like it's, I, I decided to throw that out because the, the ones that when I was looking at the gold Eagle picks for bottles that are the barrel pick bottles that are over $70, mm-hmm. one of them was so mad at one of the blind tastings when someone picked the angels envy for their birthday pork. Cause I don't think angels envy barrel proof, nothing against your barrel pick, Jake. I'm just not an angels envy fan. I think their barrel picks are all like 85 or 90 bucks. Normally, like you don't, think, is over you, don't price. you don't think those angels envy Barrels are a good value. I don't because I don't I don't like Angel's Envy at all. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it, the bear. What's the barrel proof Angel's so, Envy cost? That's what I was gonna say. The barrel proof Angel's Envy is like three hundred dollars, and the the single barrels are almost barrel proof, and they're ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've not been happy with the couple I've tried. Not so, just your so store. There's another one. Be honest. Did you like ours or not? I. I didn't, but I, that's not a that's not a pick thing. That's I don't like Angel Envy profile. Yeah, uh, I mean the only reason, the only reason why I ask because I've had I probably had ten to fifteen people at least tell me they don't like Angel's Envy, but our barrel was good, um, and I think yeah. that's because our barrel was like hardly finished in port at all. Um, it was mm-hmm. only in there for it was in there for like less than a month, so it just kind of got a mm-hmm. touch of port. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I like it. It's not like my favorite bourbon, but I think the value is pretty great because it's eight proof points less than the barrel proof and it's less than a third of the price of the barrel proof. But even like the, the peerless barrel proof, it's a good barrel, but I don't think it's worth over $90 compared to a lot of your other barrel picks. Like even your makers picks and stuff that are under 
under that oh, seven I, range. Their peerless rye. I pick, disagree. I, yeah. I, at our at our blind tasting, I said that the peerless rye pick and the uh, hard truth sweet mash rye picks are like my top two whiskeys of the past twelve months. They're both absolutely incredible. Yeah, I mean, I, I peerless is a very debatable topic because yes, their stuff is young and it's expensive. Um, but their single barrel, their single barrels vary so much from barrel to barrel. Like the flavors taste like they're from different distilleries. Um, and I think when you find a good single barrel, it's worth no matter what price they're charging. Some of those single barrels get up to $150 at the distillery. At the distillery. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like, and they're, I think I'll, I'll back this up all day. They're ridiculously good. Um, so would you put yeah. would you put it on your shelf at one fifty? Uh, not when we have one in stock right now. That's one hundred and ten. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to pay more at the distillery when you can. I mean that that's an extreme example because the, they they do sell out of all their barrels at one hundred fifty dollars. They they charge what they want basically. Yeah. Um, but their stuff in the stores is like two thirds of the price than what they sell it for at the distillery. So I would always go mm -hmm. to a store and find a pick at a store. Yeah. Um, before going there and spending 150, but I do think that they're extremely um, they 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 vary a lot, so you get a lot of different flavor profiles, and it's a good example of uh, you know if you're a huge fan of one distillery, you can never get bored because every barrel tastes so different. Um, there's so many options to explore, um, yeah. and they they do a lot of single barrel releases. That's a huge part of their distillery. <clears throat> Yeah, so to sum up, Dan's wrong. We provided several counter arguments as to why. So let's move You've on. You've also provided several counter arguments that have proved my point. So I think everyone's everyone's learned that you guys are the biggest it's, car salesman here. So I, I don't know. It's a good it's a, it's a good hot take. It's something that could be debated on and on and on. And obviously, there's tons of examples that prove Dan's point. There's tons of examples that prove our point. Um, but yes, there's there's obviously tons of great bottles under 50 under 70 that you can go for you don't have to spend a lot of money to get a good bottle of bourbon which is the beauty of it but i think there's a time and a place for a splurge bottle for a special occasion um so yeah i'm, I'm kind of torn on that one yeah for the record i kind of agree with dan um it's just fun to argue with <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you truly agree with me because you proved my point and your counterpoint <laughs> like this uh... How did you get an MBA? Like, it's definitely not in business negotiation. Just, I disagreed with you. Just take that and move on. <laughs> Jake, what's your dumb point? No, I like your point because your point proves my point. Mine? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, my, my, my whole thing is like, I don't like when distilleries have their most coveted release um, and it's something finished because I just think you can take a mediocre whiskey and make it great. And so I should start by saying I'm not hating on finished whiskey. Um, I think there's an art to it. I think Starlight does a great job of showing what you can do to mediocre. I don't, I don't know. Mediocre is not really a good word, but, um, you know, Starlight does a great job showing what you can do to whiskey to enhance it. And if you know how to finish, if you know how to blend, and if you know how to leave the whiskey in the finishing barrel for the exact amount of time, um, you can create a really, really good whiskey and take an average whiskey and make it great. Um, so I, I'm not hitting on finished whiskey, but I just don't like when a distillery puts out their most coveted release and it's something heavily finished. What are you trying to hide? So let's name names. 
Yeah, I will. I will, I will name here. a name. So my most extreme example is Blood Oath. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there, I mean, Blood Oath is usually a blend of like some seven and eight year with like some fifteen year, um, and it's always finished in something else. And it's this particular mm-hmm. release is Blood Oath Pack Nine. It's ninety eight point six proof. Um, I think I don't even know if I've tried this yet because um, I just kind of gave up on the whole Blood Oath line, um, but I'm about to try it right now. And the price on these has gone up significantly in the past yeah, five yeah, years. I mean, yeah. it used to be like an $80 bottle. Now it's $150. Um, yeah, I remember. What was the one? Uh, we tried one a couple years ago, I think, at Gold Eagle, right, Dan? The, uh, I know we had some of Roberto's. Yeah, and like I did not care for most of the ones that I've tried. I've tried maybe three of them and I don't think I enjoyed any of them. They used to be they used to be pretty good. Um I think the quality's gone down a little bit and the price is obviously skyrocketed. So that's like a big red X for me. Yeah. Um, is it MGP? Now it probably will be since they got acquired by MGP. Um, uh, okay. But uh I think uh, I think it's mostly Kentucky, and I think a lot of it is Heaven Hill because they do get a lot of stuff from Heaven Hill. Oh, don't but say that. <laughs> they do, they do. But you got to remember too, Heaven <laughs> Hill. Uh, Heaven Hill does a lot of contract distilling under the radar too, so you're not necessarily mm-hmm. getting like Elijah Craig when you buy barrels of bourbon from Heaven Hill. You could be getting something that they don't even release under their own label. It's not necessarily their mash bills. Yeah, yeah. Uh Um, So I am trying this Blood Oath and it backs up my point. I think this is a $40 bottle of bourbon and it's $150 uh, suggested retail. Um, Mm -hmm. The flavor up front is a little nice. It's it's creamy, it's soft, um, and then the whole thing just disappears. There's like no finish to it. Um, it tastes like a mediocre 90 proof bourbon, um, even though it's 100 proof. But yeah, I mean, this is. What's the finishing barrel? Uh, this is sherry, I believe. Yeah, Oloroso yeah. sherry. In in my opinion, anytime they use sherry or some other sweet wine like that, they're mm-hmm. trying to hide something. Yeah. I don't I don't agree with that because like seagrass uses Madeira. Which seagrass is, sweet. Is, is different. That is that's oh, finished. It's different. Okay. It's, seagrass okay. is finished in three different types of barrels. Okay. Uh, there's a lot more complexity in seagrass than this blood okay. oath. So I can yeah, guarantee so you is that. Isn't it, isn't so it I want to note too though. And seagrass that... is also like 122 proof. Um and yeah, it's 80 wanna, bucks. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it like the Sherry and, and Madeira, though? And <laughs> like, Seagrass isn't a limited release. It's an everyday bottle. Yeah. I'm no, talking about... No, I, was, I, was just prov- I was proving Jake's Sherry point wrong. They're trying to hide something. Because... Yeah, but there's three no, different... No, 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 but, but I think there's a difference. Because be- Seagrass is a rye. rye it blend. is a rye. Mm-hmm. And rye pairs extraordinarily well with sweet flavors. Which is why rum finished rye is like the greatest thing that anyone has ever thought of. Um, but I think when they start pairing bourbon, which is already sweet, with sweet flavors, I think they're trying to cover up notes in the bourbon that are like unpleasant and they're just trying to sweet bomb past those. Yeah, I mean, so this Blood Oath isn't a sweet bomb. Like it's actually not over finished. Um, I think they did a great job finishing it. 
Um, but I don't understand why it's 140 or $150. And I don't understand why it's so limited and hard to find. Um, because it's just, it, it just tastes like a $40, $50 good bourbon to me. Um, and it's nothing I would pay anything more for. I got, I got a question is $140 yeah. more than $70. Yeah. Okay. Not right. backtracking. And well, <laughs> even if, if I don't know what you're trying to prove, because I said anything over 100 to 120 um, is really pushing it, and that's where I get like a little skeptical on if it's worth the price or not. Mm -hmm. But yes, uh, I will hate on this. I will hate on Blood Oath all day long. Um, it's also one of those bottles where like people who are really into bourbon never ask for, it, and people who are just starting to get into it think it's like liquid gold. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, that's usually a good tell too, on if it's actually a good drinker or if people just want to show it off in their collection. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. These are, I would not recommend. So four out of 10, nice limited box. release four out of 10. with limited release. Nice box, or, it does. Yeah, it's true. If for limited release, are you talking one time a year or just, yeah, it has yeah. to be like one time and a one time only like blood oath a different pact every year or yeah. is it, it can come out a couple times a year in a very small. No, I'm, release. I'm mostly, I'm mostly talking and I should have clarified this in the beginning, but I'm mostly talking about when it's like the, the distillery's most coveted release of the year. Okay. You know, if, if you come out with like a small batch finished something, whatever, that's cool. That's fine. Um, but if you, if everyone looks forward to one release a year from your distillery, um, and it's a finished release, um, that's, that's where I'm like, you know, why, why are you finishing something if it's supposed to be your best bourbon that you're putting out this year? Yeah. So let's talk about something relevant, uh, in the blind tasting we had for, uh, bourbon matters, blind tasting, uh, I threw in a bottle of Yellowstone special that's what I'm gonna from 2022. Um, which is a finished uh, bourbon. Um, typically, I don't think they finish the Yellowstone special release. No, I right? think they do. I think they started oh, to. Do they? Okay. I think they just started Wait, to. When they changed the bottle. Ago. Yeah. Because, yeah, when they changed the bottle mm. from the normal Yellowstone bottle to the to the square-shouldered boy. Because uh, so, we've had the 101 release from... 2020 i think dan right yeah it's roberto's is 2020 because mine's i have and, to grab mine i got a 2021 and they're, they're really 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 good um mm -hmm. those are unfinished i'm pretty sure because that's in the normal yellowstone the bottle. older ones yeah yeah um and this one i it, it is good uh i believe it's a madeira finish uh marsala marsala um, it, it is pretty good. Um, but it does beg the question, why are you finishing what should be like your best product? So my, my feedback on this Yellowstone, I like this by the way, a lot better than the blood oath. Um, this is, this is a really good bourbon. It doesn't, if, if you poured this for me blind, uh, I probably wouldn't guess that this was finished because it tastes more like a whiskey yeah. than it does a finished whiskey. Um, but I still probably would prefer a really good single barrel of Yellowstone 115 proof or 109 proof over the limited release. Um, as those are like half the price of the limited release and a lot easier to find. Um, I would yeah. love to see Yellowstone do maybe a fall finished release and then maybe like a December, like older age stated 
Yellowstone blend um, as their like you know coveted main limited release um, instead mm-hmm. of just doing one finished release. Yeah. So you're using finished finished whiskeys because you think they're trying to hide something. I mean, not always, but like, yeah. But yeah. what what would your thoughts be versus like um, first one that came to mind would be. <laughs> Woodford's master collection that has the different mash bill or the different finishing things. That's a very coveted release, highly touted. They have, they have their batch proof release from the master's collection, but then they always mm-hmm. have a master's collection. That's a unique. Although I think some of those are coming out as finished now though. Well, but no, um, yes. Cause those are, those are more like experimental things. Right. So yeah. like they have like the five stout mash bill. Um, they have the chocolate malt mash bill. They have the higher entry proof. Um, they have, and then they have the batch proof. So they're, Mm -hmm. they're releasing Woodford at barrel proof, which they never release. Um, so that's super cool to be able to find a bottle of Woodford barrel proof. Um, and then they're also doing some kind of experimental thing, which sometimes is finished. Um, but most of the time it's like an experimental mash bill or, you know, entry proof or something like that. Um, so they're doing both. So if Yellowstone were to do both, I think that would be super cool if they released like a, 10 year old Yellowstone, um, you know, that'd be super cool to taste that. Yeah. But just something, something finished just doesn't excite me as much if it's, you know, the, the Holy grail limited release coming from that distillery. I I think a brand as an example, that does it well. That's right behind me is old elk, um, where they, their special releases are mash bill variants and um grain variants rather than uh finishes or some other type of modification i mean they are doing some finishing like they have a cognac finish and uh rum finished rye and things like that but but they're like, not they're... like the coveted one release a year yeah, two releases the, a the year. coveted release from old elk could be the infinity Normally, well, the, the infinity or the, uh, the master's blends, the distillers, or uh, yeah, the distillers yeah, blends, the like the blends, like the yeah, double, the double wheat, wheat and the, uh, the four grain, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, like, which if you want to finish Yellowstone and Marsala, great, finish it in Marsala and release a batch to the market. But I'm not, yeah. I'm just not a huge, I'm not sold on you know, this is our one holy grail release that we're doing this year, um, and it's, and it's finished in some kind of sweet wine. Yeah. What would you say then about Angel's Envy, who everything's finished and they have their one big different finish release every year? Is that it's the same un- or is that different? It's not finished. The barrel proof? Or is it finished? No, like, in... like, like the like a couple of years ago, it was the Ice Cider cast oh, finish that came out. Yeah. It's like stuff like that where they release, they have that one big finish release, but they're a finished whiskey. Yeah, I mean, a majority see, time. I think that that's, that's their brand. That's though. a little more. Yeah, their brand is to finish. Um, so okay. I think I think that's a little a little different. And I guess like maybe I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but I don't know. I don't think so because because um, you know that's they're known for finishing. So like they gotta yeah. they gotta come out with something finished, and they, as long as they do it really well, um, you know, it's gotta be it's gotta be a really good, really good finish. Um, and it, I, I'm again, kind of. I just want to say I'm not hating on finished whiskey, um, you know, because I think there's a there's a there's some blenders out there probably would disagree with what I'm saying on this whole thing. But, you know, there's an there's an art to blending. There's an art to finishing. But if you're going to put out a finished bottle as your most coveted release of the year, um, you know, 
what are you what are you trying to hide you do you not have older bourbon do you not have you know the capabilities to blend it without finishing it um to create something desirable i don't know yeah so another example that might be somewhat controversial because i don't think they finish every release is the parker's heritage um like this year was a double double oak release um a couple years ago was a like orange curacao finish um but it doesn't necessarily get finished every year they did Um, a heavy toast finish a couple years ago yeah but Um, I, i think that begs the question um whether or not experimental finishes are like worth worthwhile or or if it's a more like a more like a blood oath situation where they're they're finishing no matter what um and it's not necessarily worth worth the price yeah i think the i'm glad you brought up the parkers cuz that's that's an interesting topic to debate on um I myself, along with I think a good majority of people, didn't really care for that orange curacao finish. But the heavy toast like and the double oak, those were great. Um, so what I want to know there is, did they decide before the year started, all right, this year we're going to do an orange curacao finish? Or did they blend the bourbon and then realize, oh, shit, this is like super dry. We need to put it in some kind of sweet wine barrel to sweeten it up mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, you know, because once you blend your most coveted whiskey is 18 year, 12 year stuff. You create this whole blend and you're hoping that it's going to turn out um, to be a really good blend on its own. And you realize that it's too dry and need to, it's not, it's just not right. Um, what are you going to do? You're going to throw it in some kind of sweet wine barrel and finish it up and um, round it out a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I would like to know the thought process on that whole situation. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of distilleries and releases that we're missing out on talking about. Um, but yeah, like yeah. I mentioned it earlier, but like Four Roses, I think is a is a great example on a, a limited release done right. Um, you know, because yeah, you, it's you, unless you get a single barrel, there's no Four Roses barrel proof. Um, you know, you got mm-hmm. you have the the standard single barrel, the small batch, small batch select. Um, so unless you get a single barrel, you can't get four roses at barrel proof, but their limited release every year is a blend of their favorite barrels. And a lot of them, half of it is like older barrels. I think last year they had like some 20 year old bourbon um, in that blend. So I think mm-hmm. that's super cool. Um, and you they know, don't finish shit. No, they don't finish anything. <laughs> and I mean, like, again, we're not hating on finishes because I think it'd be very cool if four roses came out with like a limited uh, release or batch of Four Roses finishing rum or Four Roses, uh, you know, finishing something besides port or sherry would be great. Um, You know, some kind of cognac finish would be great on Four Roses. Um, But yeah, so it'd be cool if they came out with a finished run, but not as their limited edition Holy Grail product for the Mm -hmm. year. I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I would have appreciated you more, though, if you said that all limited releases are overhyped. It's your hot take. Because I, I would have gotten 100% on board with you on though. that. Um, I don't know. That's that's a good debate, too. But, yeah, I don't think it's true. I don't think all. I think you could say most, but not all. The hot take, you got to go one way or the other. There's no really you didn't, you, you, you didn't go all the way. You said most that's bottles true. That's over fair. Yeah, that's, yeah. Fair. Yeah. that's fair. You put in like that's the fair. biggest caveat of all time. Yeah. <laughs> fair. Fair. I'll let you guys have that win. 
but in my argument, I beat you guys both. So that's all that matters. I don't oh, think so. I everything don't think so. over $70 except these brands that I'm going to list off. <laughs> so, so Jake, why don't, why don't you tell everyone how we are worthless because we're bourbon influencers? Yeah, so I oh, think yeah, bourbon yeah, yeah. influencers are incredibly <laughs> overrated. And like, I, I don't. I don't consider us bourbon influencers. Yeah, if, we're, if we're influencing you. You have way more wrong things with you. Yeah. Well, 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 well. Wait a minute here. <laughs> I think we provide great content and great information. No, but we're yeah, not. But we're like, not influencers to the point where we have hundreds of thousands of followers and people listening to us. No, hey, if like, you influence our, one person, that makes you an influencer. Yeah, yeah. And if we yeah. influence one person to not buy a Blanton's today and buy <laughs> something else. Then you influence that person. That I think. Makes you an influencer. I, I think what Jake is referring to is our Instagram bourbon people that have hundreds of thousands of followers um, that constantly post reviews right. and basically built their whole page up off of talking about bourbon. Yeah, and like you know, so that's obviously the we're gonna have caveats in all of our hot takes. Okay, thank you. Well, no, we're, no, we're, we're just like, describing. We're obviously in detail a what we mean. Podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Like we're obviously a bourbon <laughs> podcast. We're. Uh, recommending things we're suggesting different whiskeys and different alternatives to whiskeys um but i've noticed a trend amongst particularly uh uh instagram or like tiktok influencers in the whiskey sphere that are that number one don't have a podcast so they're not like a long form kind of discussion yeah, they're a 15 like, 20 second thing. clip person yeah and like um i don't know if it's just a clickbait thing or what but like i've seen a growing number of people one pushing products heavily um and two there's this uh i've i'm not gonna name names because i'm i don't want to upset anybody but you've named their name <laughs> quite a few times on the podcast i think the people that have listened a few times know who I'm you're not, probably going I'm after not talking about bourbon pursuit yeah <laughs> <laughs> are you a podcast like us <laughs> okay as, All right. as far so as you I, change that from the other day okay as far as i know they're not they're not pushing clickbait bullshit and like uh you know the other big one is um bourbon with friends like they're i'm not talking about them they're they're also a long-form podcast or like medium form podcast um but i'm talking about the bait like specifically the like tiktoky kind of influencers that used to have informational kind of segments and videos where they would explain different aspects, you know, like where we would dedicate an entire episode to talking about the bottled and bond act, you know, these guys break it down in like 10, 15 seconds or whatever, which like, I think is fine. Like that's good stuff. And you kind of need to do that stuff to build the following initially. Yeah. And like, you know, there's, there's all kinds of people getting into whiskey every day. So like that kind of information I think is good and important and people should know what that stuff is. Um, my gripe is that I think they've ran out of those basics to talk about. So now what, what a lot of these people are doing are going through their comments, finding comments that they disagree with and just shitting on people. (laughs) And it's it's kind of dumb. Like, no matter what, you're gonna find some guy that's like, uh, uh, Scotch whiskey is like, like what I, what I don't like is, I've I've seen a couple of videos from this one guy in particular where he finds some guy who doesn't know what he's talking about, 
which like there's there's so many people that don't know what they're talking about and the, like we don't really know what we're talking about either i mean maybe <laughs> jake does but me and dan absolutely don't know what we're talking about <laughs> but like yeah, there's gonna be some comment where some guy says something dumb and like i've seen a bunch of different influencers take that comment post it in a tiktok video and just be like yeah you're a dumbass because you don't understand that scotch whiskey is spelled with a y and not an e you idiot <laughs> and like stuff like or, that like or just like an opinion like somebody posted a, a comment yeah, an opinion right. like i don't like this whiskey i don't like this style of whiskey and then they just put them on blast for it um yeah for but, for for clicks and views you know yeah like so yeah, so I think I think what you're referring to is the people that have kind of built up a following, and and to in order to build up a couple hundred thousand mm-hmm. followers, uh, just talking about whiskey, you need to you need to kind of be genuine. You need to provide valuable right. information. Um, that's the only thing that's going to draw people to you. Um, but once you get to that point and you have that following, some of those influencers can start being a little. They can get an ego behind them. Um, right. They can start being yeah. a dick. They can start. Um, you know, another thing to talk about, a good example is, um, I don't, I'm not going to name the company cause I don't want to put them on blast, but we had a glassware company, uh, reach out to our podcast and, uh, I don't know the whole details, Jake, you know more about it than I do, but if I'm not mistaken, like they offered equity in the company, they offered free glassware, mm-hmm. um, you know, for us to just promote it and talk about it and constantly talk about how no, good no, there's nothing, glassware nothing is. was free, nothing was free. Well, I don't know. Go into it. Well, no, they, so they, they offered us equity in the company. If we, if we reviewed the, the glassware, they didn't say anything about promoting. They said, if you, you know, like the product and you decide to, uh, you know, uh, review it on, on your show or whatever, that you would get equity in the company. And I got a sample glass it was, in my opinion, not any different than a normal rocks glass. Um, you know, it was fine. It was functional. Um, but they made a lot of claims in their marketing statements about how it was superior to a regular rocks glass and all this stuff. And I just didn't agree with their claims. Um, and so, and, and, and I mean, the reason why I brought that up is because you, we probably, there's a lot of influencers out there that get offered an opportunity like that. And they're just mm-hmm. like, you know what, who cares? This glass isn't anything special, but I'm going to promote it. I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to get paid for it. So I don't care. Um, so I think, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to stay. No, no, it's, it, it might be hard to stay genuine when you have that big of a following and you're probably, you are probably dealing with a lot of hate comments because everyone has their own opinion. And no matter what you say, there's going to be people that disagree with you and it probably eats at you over time that you have to deal with all these negative comments. Um, and then, you know, you realize, oh, I got this big following. I can get paid to just talk about this glass that, uh, you know, isn't really anything special, but I'm going to get paid for it. So it doesn't matter. Um, so I think right. I think the biggest thing with influencers is, um, you know, people want genuine uh, they want genuine advice. They want to follow genuine people. And it's really easy to lose that once you get that big following, um, you know, and then uh, it's easy to get carried away with with what you've what you've built and what you have. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think in like episode one, you know, we talked about how this podcast isn't about us being snobby and snooty about whiskey. It's about us 
uh, providing genuine recommendations when we like things and we'll give you our honest opinions when we don't. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm not interested in selling out on, you know, certain things um, just because we're going to get money or, or clout or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, and along with like glassware example, like tons of podcasts and influencers, if you have a big Instagram following, you're going to get sent samples from distilleries. Um, and sometimes mm -hmm. you'll get sent samples of very limited releases and you're not going to go on air and talk shit about that distillery because you want them to keep sending you stuff. Right. We, I kind of did with Stellum. The one it year. doesn't matter because we don't, <laughs> we don't have a huge following and I'm sure Stellum isn't really listening to our episodes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they, they didn't see that. Yeah. Um, as long as I, I have two. Well, like the, the Stellum ones that we tried, you know, we made a couple reels on, uh, the Hunter's Moon and the uh, Lone Cypress, right? The Hunter's Moon was the bourbon. The Lone Cypress was the rye. I really liked the Lone Cypress. Dan did not, obviously, because it's a rye. And, like, I think that's totally fair to say. No, like, no, it hey, wasn't because I liked a rye. But there was someone that was in the back of that in the back of that video at the time that wasn't on the podcast, yeah. who is on the <laughs> podcast now, that said this other rye is better. <laughs> Well, uh, comparatively, you can compare yeah. anything, right? Like, so, so I, I have two things. So first thing is I can't chime in much because I don't have TikTok like Jake does and spends hours looking at TikTok. I don't have TikTok sources. either. So I, 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 can't, I can't add <laughs> things into that. But secondly, Jake, I do agree with you when you say that these, these influencers... <laughs> who used to give all this information on whiskey and now just spit hot takes are worthless. And I agree with you on that <laughs> point. So are well, we worthless? <laughs> no, but like we don't. But no, like, I know I, I get it. It was, it was sitting right there for me and I couldn't no, I take the bait. I know. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say it. Cause I, I felt it coming, but that's what she like, said. But the problem, oh Jesus! Uh, the problem to me is that uh, it's turned like a lot of these people have turned against their viewership in a lot of ways. Yeah, and they're they're using their their viewership as fodder for content, which I think is absolutely like unconscionable. And two, uh, they're they're moving towards clickbaity kind of things that don't add value to the conversation. We're like, yes, we like to create these arguments and like this drama because it's fun. But I think all of the conversations that we have and the arguments that we have are adding value to the overall whiskey conversation. Yeah, we haven't we haven't resorted yet to just calling each other stupid names. Huh? No. At, at some times. point we will. I mean we we do we do do that every <laughs> once in a while but not all the time. No. And like most of the time when I'm giving Dan shit, I actually do agree with him. It's just more fun to give him shit. Cuz I'm all, again cuz I'm right. Like we've proved that point multiple times today. And and it doesn't really matter for us cuz we don't have 100,000 followers and we're just here for fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well that was fun. I enjoyed beating you guys in arguments. I feel mm. I feel like I feel like if Trump would have been at the debate the other day, I feel like that right now. Like <laughs> you just you just ruined this whole episode. You realize that <laughs> <laughs> we can't we can't post this now. <laughs> We're gonna lose half I, our oh, God. All right, <laughs> yeah. fifty people down the drain. 
56. All right. Well, Jake, it was fun having seen you record from Gold Eagle. Uh, yeah, you want to do this more often, but yeah, check out the background at the Gold Eagle bar, about a hundred whiskeys. Uh, no, sorry. 200 whiskeys there. Gold Eagle drew there looking pretty drew. Give us a wave. Yeah. Yeah. Come see Drew. Back of the we store. We said Drew be on the podcast, and Drew has now been on the podcast. Drew actually, <laughs> he actually is down to get on an episode. And I know. I was going to, if if we weren't recording at 11 today, if we were going to able to start at 10, I was going to have him come yeah. at the store at 10 and hop on the first episode. But um, maybe something to save for the future, because I'm glad we kind of yeah. did that during a, a release here, because that was kind of cool to talk about. Uh, but yeah, yep. I promise, I promise all you listeners, I know there's a lot of you that love Drew. We will get him on very soon. Um, it's only a matter of time. Um, but yeah, if you yeah, want maybe to, we uh, should do a, we should do a live episode from the store on a Saturday morning, get Drew in and get Dan mm-hmm. up here yeah. when Dan's back isn't broken. And mm-hmm. then uh, we should do a live from the store. Yeah, and absolutely. Post it live on YouTube. Oh yeah. Um, so people can watch and, and, and we come can in do, and hang out. Yeah, it, we, we, it would be perfect if we did like a 10 a.m. release because Drew starts bartending at 11, and then uh, we, I don't know. We can think of something special. Maybe we can do a, a release and we can announce it live on the podcast so that the people that are listening to the podcast will come for the general public that sees our post. Yeah, um, that would be that would be fun. All right, yeah, no, I like the idea of uh, dropping nuggets to the listeners. We appreciate you. Um, it's been an hour long episode here, and you're still listening. So thank you. Um, I promise, I'm gonna start. Uh, I want to start dropping some coupon codes to listeners as well. Um, mm. Yeah. So so stay with us. We got yeah, Jake made Jake made some claims at the bird marriage yeah, tasting. Yeah, yeah. Follow uh, through well, on them. <laughs> well, I was thinking uh, when we did the the barrel craft. 135 like i should have absolutely dropped a coupon code um just for the listeners to be able to go on our site and Mm -hmm. buy at a discount um so from now on when we talk about certain whiskeys i will um i will do that um so stay tuned don't leave us just yet we've got the best is yet to come um we're about to kick dan off the podcast and have all good content no i'm just kidding thank god (laughs) drew's gonna replace dan yes um (laughs) But yeah, so <laughs> check us out, goldeaglewine.com. Follow us on Instagram at goldeaglewine. Follow us on Facebook at Gold Eagle Spirits. Um, there's always good, exciting things happening. Come to the bar, have a pour with Drew and myself. we got the bear game on right now, so we kind of got to go and watch that. Um, but yeah, plug Bourbon Matters for us, Jake. Uh, yeah, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast platform you like to listen to podcasts on. And you can watch us on Spotify or YouTube. Uh, follow us at Bourbon Matters. Uh, we will not be posting cringy content, uh, so so make yeah. sure you check that out. Yeah. Um, Wait till those dollar dollar bills start flying in, then there's going to be a bunch of cringe out there. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I will not sell my soul to the to Big Bourbon. Unless, can we, uh, can we if clip Buffalo that Trace sponsors that. us. Yeah, I guess I'm saying, can we clip that and save that for the second that it happens? All right, guys. If, this is... if I sell my soul to Big Bourbon, I will be transparent. We're already, we're already clipping your Trump comment, so. Yeah. <laughs> that that sounds like that's, like, that's probably like the most viral thing we'd have go out right now. Jake, put probably, a TikTok together. Yeah. TikTok me. Yeah. All right, guys. Cheers. 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 Enjoy your Saturday. Yeah. There we go.